0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. You know, I have many uh, translations of the Bible, some paraphrases, some translations. And so, uh, Leah and I have been reading out of the Passion Bible. So today I went through and read the Christmas story and a couple other scriptures out of the Passion Bible, and I felt like that would be a really good Uh, translation for us to use tonight. It doesn't have so many these and thou's in it, but it does it does really communicate it well. I'm gonna begin in Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 1, then we'll go to the book of Luke, you know this amazing event of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, was orchestrated and carried out over a period of over 4,000 years. Can you imagine that? That's proof right there that it's divine. That God's hand was upon it because it usurped the ability of time to squash it or to put it out. Thank God, God, who, He is who He says He is. Amen. Now beginning there in... Let me find my glasses here. Beginning there in verse... Verse 17, so from Abraham to David were 14 generations, from David to the Babylonian captivity, 14 generations, and from Babylonian captivity to Christ, 14 generations. Verse 18, this was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. His mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife, but while she was still a virgin she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Ghost. Her fiancé, Joseph, was a righteous man, full of integrity. He did not want to disgrace her, but when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. In those days, a young man, a young woman that desired to marry went through three stages. The first stage actually began when the woman was approximately 13 to 14 years old, very young. Uh, they were betrothed or engaged. But in the tradition of the Jewish people, that engagement was just like marriage. In order to break an engagement, you go through the same process you'd go through as if you went through a divorce. So to ask someone to marry them, you know, and to go through these three different stages of, mar- of, uh, of, of being married, uh, you know, that's a pretty serious thing. I mean, you pretty much had made up your mind. It wasn't a, it wasn't a you know, guessing at it. It says, uh, while he was still debating within himself about what to do, he fell asleep, had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Ghost has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son and you're to name him Savior, Jesus or Emmanuel. For He is destined to give His life to save His people from their sins. This happened so that what the Lord spoke through His prophet would come true. This is in Isaiah 7. You don't have to turn there but it's quoted here in the book of Matthew. Listen, a virgin will be pregnant. She will give birth to a son and He will be known as Emmanuel, which in the Hebrew means God became one of us. Isn't that powerful? When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife, but they refrained from having marital relations until she gave birth to her son whom they named Jesus. Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem and inquired of the people, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people. We observed his star rising in the sky and we've come to bow before him in worship. King Herod was shaken to the core when he heard this. Not only him but all of Jerusalem was disturbed when they heard this news so he called a meeting of the Jewish ruling priests and religious scholars demanding that they tell him where the promised Messiah was prophesied to be born. Now you have to understand in the the, History of the Jewish people, the, the term Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, well, they always looked at, the, looked at it on a civil or a political level. They believed that God was going to grant unto them a leader like David that would come and raise up this huge army, and this army would deliver them of all of the you know, the, Roman, uh, uh, the Romans that had them in captivity and all the bondage. That, they were literally looking for, a, for, for somebody that's going to cause a military takeover. All of all of Jerusalem and Judea, all those areas were on edge all the time because down through the years before Jesus was born, there were all kinds of rebels that rose up and tries to try to cause, uh, tried to cause uh, insurrection or rebellion. So now they hear, you know, that the King of the Jews is being born in Bethlehem. It just puts them on. I mean, they're 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 already uh, nervous in the first place. This makes them really nervous. Amen. But thank God, you know. What's amazing about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the way God does things, God is so smart. When you look down through the history of mankind from the birth of Jesus all the way back to the flood, you'll see these, these huge uh, societies that came on the earth, became world rulers, the Assyrian, uh, uh, the Assyrian, the Babylonian, the Egyptian, all of these different empires were not of God, they were of Satan and they were risen up in order that if anything of God would show up, Satan would have an army against them. And then God snuck his Redeemer in to the world in the form of a little innocent baby child. The devil was looking for an army, and God gave us a child. I tell you, that's, uh, I don't know. God is a, he's a smart dude, I'm telling you. Amen. He will be born in Bethlehem, the land of Judea, he told them, because the prophecy states, and you little Bethlehem, are not insignificant among the cities of Judah for out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the spiritual priest from the east to ascertain the exact time the star first appeared and he told them now go to Bethlehem and carefully look there for the child and when you found him report to me so that I can go and bow down and worship him also. So they left and on their way to Bethlehem. So they left and on their way to Bethlehem suddenly the same star they had seen in the east reappeared. Amazed they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. Now listen to this. I love this in the in the in this translation of the Bible. When they saw the star they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. <laughs> I think that's a little more than just an amen, amen? I think these guys were having a good time. I mean, they they, they began this journey and this star that they saw in the east, it appeared, now listen, it appeared and it began to move and then it moved till it stopped and it stopped right over the place of where Jesus was. And when they saw that, they just had a fit. They became the first holy rollers. Amen. Unrestrained joy. They came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshipped him. They opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Afterward, they returned to their own country by another route because God had warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. Now, if you will, Luke, this would be more what we would call the classic Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, it says during those days the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus ordered that the first census be taken throughout the empire or his empire. Quirinius was the governor of Syria at that time. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiancée Mary left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea to the village of Bethlehem. That was approximately a 65-mile journey. That's a pretty good trip without cars, airplanes, amen, especially when you're about nine months pregnant. So it was not a very pleasant journey. It says, uh, let me find it here. Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn babe in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village now there's I did some study on this to to kinda of get the sense of what was going on here you know it says in the King James there was no room in the inn, I-N-N uh, denoting that there was you know a type of place in Bethlehem in which there was you know like a Holiday Inn or a, 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 like these nice motels we have here in Galveston that's not true actually in Bethlehem there was no public place for you to go and spend the night. All of the places that are talked about in the historical setting of Bethlehem belong to your relatives. And your relatives would bring you in and house you, and apparently they got there at such a time that none of their relatives had any space for them. There were no upper rooms left in the houses for them to go to, so they had to go into the stable or into the place. Actually, they had to go into the place in which the lambs were birthed he was laid in a birthing crib. Uh, I'll let you ponder on that a little bit. Amen. It says that night in a field near Bethlehem there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. The shepherds were terrified but the angel reassured them saying don't be afraid for I've come to bring you good news the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Let me read that again. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize Him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God singing. Glory to God in the highest, in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go, let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem. Let me read that again. Let's go, let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem. Did you get that? Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. John 1:14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let us go hurry and find this Word. We ought to be in a hurry to find the Word that is born in Bethlehem. And see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed unto us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a feeding trough. On seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted that they had what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified Him, for they had heard and seen for themselves just as the angel had said. You know, it's amazing when God carries out his plans in the earth. His handprints and fingerprints are all over everything that he does. Up until the time of Moses, the Bible talks about death reigning in the earth from Moses, from, excuse me, from, uh, from Adam until Moses. But when Moses came upon the scene, they were granted as a nation, the nation of Israel, access to God. A Levitical priesthood was formed by the word of the Lord. A bleeding sacrifice gave them access to God. Once a year a scapegoat hands were laid upon Him. The sins of the nation were born out into the desert. Year after year, decade after decade, century after century, millennium after millennium until the Bible says The fullness of time. Time was fulfilled and Jesus was born. That access was very limited. The only people that could even approach God were the prophet, the priest, and the king. And they could only approach Him in the way in which the law had said they could. So access was very limited. But thank God, when Jesus came, the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, all of the types and shadows of that old covenant. Can you imagine all of the lambs that must have been slain? Every time a lamb was slain, it was pointing toward the day in which Jesus Himself would die upon the cross and which He would redeem mankind with His own blood. Adam, out of Adam's side was taken the helpmeet or the woman or the bride that belonged to Him. And out of the side of the Lord Jesus Christ when the Roman soldier pierced his side the Bible says blood and water flowed out and out of the side of the Lord Jesus Christ came the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that just like when Adam was created came his bride when Christ died on the cross out came his bride. Thank God today we can be redeemed not by the blood of bulls and goats but by his own blood. And Jesus coming onto the earth the Christmas season is the beginning of 33 and a half years in which God was present on the earth not as God upon the earth but a man upon the earth in correct relationship to his God one of the most amazing mysteries of the gospel is how deity can take on the human form and still remain deity and through salvation how humanity can be a partaker of the divine nature and still remain human there's no other way there's no other name we pray, for the, we pray for the religions of the world, the Muslims, the Hindus, the Buddhists. We go to these nations, we spend millions of dollars preaching the gospel to them. Evangelizing the world because there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. If you're here tonight, I see there's many visitors I trust. You have done the most simple thing anybody can do on the earth. And that is to become a Christian, a believer or to be born again. The Bible states it very simply that all you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, that God did raise Jesus from the dead. The Bible says in so doing you shall be saved. The Bible says with a heart we believe, with a mouth we confess. And it becomes ours, that which was provided. Jesus came to the earth after he was anointed by the Holy Ghost at age 30. He did signs, wonders and miracles revealing the nature of God and showing all the world that God is a good God and cares very much about His creation. He loves you tonight. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happened in your life, you may feel like, I'm so far from God, there's no way He could ever do anything for me. That's not true. God left something upon the earth after the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the most valuable thing that any human being on the earth possesses. It's not monetary, it's not physical. What it is, is your choice. Once man was redeemed, the most valuable thing man ever possessed after redemption was his choice. Because by your choice, you choose whether to live in the family of man your whole life. Die and go to the reward that the family of man deserves, which is separation from God. Or you can choose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. Leave the human family. Enter into God's family. And forever be with Him. Be part of Him and what He does in this great, vast universe. It is a choice. Jesus is much more than the babe in the manger. He's much more than the suffering Savior on the cross. Today, He is the risen Savior seated at the right hand of the Father. As much God as God is God, there is a human form, there is human flesh out there in the vast reaches of the heavens, in which a loving Savior has poured His blood upon what the Bible calls the mercy seat. And God has granted mercy for every person that'll simply believe. You can't be religious, you can't get it by good works. The Bible actually says it's not by works of righteousness which we perform, but it is according to His mercy He has saved us. Christmas. Think about all that we do. People get upset sometimes because of how commercial it gets. I had to go shopping yesterday. I think I shopped till 9 o'clock. I didn't like it. Spending my money, going around all those places. I'll tell you, what do you buy people? Amen. But the thing about it is, Christmas... Is exclamated by giving you ever notice that people spend more money at Christmas time they give gifts to each other they give gifts to their their neighbors their friends their co-workers and in so doing they're reflecting the very nature of God that brought Jesus to the earth in the first place the lights on every tree the lights and all the decorations if you drive around and see your friends and family that have decorated their house every point of light declares Jesus is the light of the world the world laid in darkness until Jesus came and thank God the light of the world still lights the world today that light is on the inside of each and every one of us so this year I know many of us were after the service tonight will maybe go to dinner maybe go with your be with your family you'll open gifts don't forget what this is all about it's about a loving God who found a way that man could not find for himself a divine way in which God brought the greatest gift any person can ever receive which is salvation to you and I, Amen Amen. you love the Lord tonight real quickly with every head bowed and every eye closed I just want to make sure tonight I'm, I'm Almost 99 and 9 percent sure anyone that would come to church on a Christmas Eve service has to love the Lord, has to know that Jesus is Lord and Savior. But if you're here tonight, you say, Pastor Rusty, I'm not sure that I am a believer. I'm not sure that I've ever made Jesus my Lord or my Savior. I don't know that I've ever made a profession of faith. If that's you, then we're going to pray a prayer together the entire congregation. We're not going to have you come up front. We're not going to have you stand. But if everyone would bow their head in reverence to a loving God, close your eyes in respect to men and women around you so that they may make a choice. If you would say, that's me, Pastor. Include me in this prayer. I want to pray that prayer tonight. I'm going to pray it when you lead the congregation in it and I will be born again I will be a believer Jesus will be my Lord Christmas will be much more than just a commercial event in my life Christmas will be the time in which I gave my heart to the Lord if that's you tonight with nobody looking but me would you lift your hand anyone at all anyone at all we see those hands you can put them down now everybody looking this way pray this out loud so your own ears hear what your mouth is saying say this Heavenly Father tonight here at Island Church in Galveston, Texas, I have made a decision. I have used my choice to receive the greatest gift ever given. I choose to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. According to Scripture, I believe He was born of a virgin that He lived a sinless life, that He died on a cross, that He rose from the dead, that He did it all for me. I believe it and I receive it. Therefore, I declare on Christmas Eve of 2019, I became a born-again Christian. Jesus is my Lord. He is my Savior. I'll serve Him all the days of my life. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Lord, we're so thankful for Christmas Eve. Lord, let every day of the year so impact us, so inspire us, that the very character that comes out of this day and tomorrow is that which we walk in all year long. Christ in us, the hope of glory that men and women all over Galveston Island, Galveston County, everywhere else in the world we go, they will see Jesus in us. Father, we also lift up all of the church. I know many are traveling, some going off to Europe, some in Africa right now, others traveling out of town. Thank you, Father, no evil befalls us. No plague comes near our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. Therefore, we thank you, Father, Whether we travel on the highway, the airways, the freeways, the seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we are protected. Let all of the fellowship we have with our families and friends, let it be seasoned with the gracious goodness of God Almighty. Lord, as we prayed on Sunday and saw you do tremendous things in the Spirit, you said that families would be restored, that you would do miracles in families this season. So we agree that that will happen in Jesus' name. A mending, a restoring, and a blessing of that which God desires to do. Father, we leave tonight walking in faith and love toward you. Lord, our love towards you will last forever because you so loved us. Father, we leave tonight walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We also leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.